Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 121, Blue Crush, 2002. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Memories Beach Bar. Welcome to our paradise. Memories Bar and Restaurant was established in October 2009 by Ching, the owner and proprietor who started the restaurant on the same site as his family's restaurant, which was sadly destroyed by the tsunami in 2004. Shout out Memories Beach Bar. Shout out Memories Beach Bar and shout out to Brian High School Slumber Party Rodriguez for effectively sponsoring this episode. This yes. was a Patreon pick. If you want to give us movies to watch, patreon.com slash too fast too forever or just too fast too forever.com go over there pick movies for us to watch you also know what our next three lap themes are pick one yeah, for true. each lap so big things happening at too fast too forever.com but joe extracurricular activities it's been a week since we did this because we the last episode we talked to andy tudor the game director of fast and furious crossroads so what have you been up to in the last week? Big thing. I know you saw it. I posted a picture of it. Rachel made probably the best cheesecake I've ever had in my life. Well, she said, I saw her tweet that said, I saw your Instagram, but I also saw her tweet that said it's not only the best cheesecake that she's ever made that's been ever made, period. Full stop, it's, flat out. I don't like question it. It really is that fucking good. That's what we did. She she made a cheesecake. We used the Instant Pot for the cheesecake. So you kind of like pressure cook it in like a water bath. And that was mm-hmm. interesting. And it came out and it looked beautiful and tasted even better. So she made a turtle cheesecake. That's what I've been up to. And I've been like eating through that. <laughs> Sadly. I mean, it's only a six inch cheesecake. So it's not like huge, huge, right? right? It's, it's like definitely, you know, six pieces of decent pieces of cheesecake. This weekend, I tried to get her to watch a, some movies that she's never seen before that I really like. So we watched like Airplane. She's never seen Airplane before. Oh, wow, okay. Like, and I quote it all the time when we're at the airport and stuff like that, or just in life. So I was like, you know, watch it. She knew like a lot of the jokes, but she watched it and she was like, oh yeah, it's really good. Good job. We've been watching like, you know, all of our shitty TV shows like Love After Lockup, All the 90 Days. We just started this show on Netflix High Score that's like kind of like a documentary series. Oh, I saw that about, was trending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what about. About video though. games. It's pretty cool so far. It's it's like a nice combination of like nostalgia, but also like, you know, the people that were making games and like the sound designers. I mean, it's Netflix, so they're, they're doing a pretty decent job so far. I'm two episodes into it, and it's just amusing background television to watch. We were talking, you know, we talked later in this episode about Robert Pattinson and the new Batman trailer just came out. I have some news adjacent to that, which we'll get to on the streets. Not about Robert Pattinson, but go on. I just have more from yesterday, but go ahead. We were watching another Jack Whitehall stand-up special, right? Because we, we talked, I talked before that I watched one of them, so I watched an earlier one one, I forget the name of it. He mentioned to me, like, sorry, he mentioned on the special that he's, he was in elementary school with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And I'm like, imagine that class, you know, like if you're not Robert Pattinson or Jack Whitehall, like I'm sure that it's like, you know, like a nice boarding school that they went to or like a very nice private elementary school. But still, you had Robert Pattinson and Jack Whitehall, like in your you know, third grade class, you'd be like, come on, man. Do you think, I mean, I don't even think they're on the same level. I mean, I'd never heard no, of they're Jack not. Whitehall before a month ago. You know what I mean? So, But I'm saying even still, like, 
if you were in their class, you would know who they are, right? And you're not one of these two people. So right. you'd be like, I, I was talking to you about it. Imagine if you're any other kid that was in that class. Like, no yeah. matter what you did, like, you're not famous, right? Like, he has a couple Netflix specials, Robert Pattinson's and all these movies and Twilight. And you're like, yeah, like, I'm a stockbroker. But I mean, fame isn't everything. It's all just it's about not. being happy. And you're like, hey, because you know that they have a story to tell at every party. Like, oh, yeah, Robert Pattinson was in my third grade class. So, you know. And so was Jack Whitehall. And you'd be like, fuck, both of them? And you're like, yeah, dude, it was really crazy. It was a pretty cool class. Anything else of note in the last week or no? No, I think I just blew through all of it. I think that was that's pretty much what I've been up to. Nothing super crazy. So as you saw on Twitter, I set a new personal record yesterday. Congratulations. I watched I saw. nine movies. Which, because I had, I had been sort of queuing up movies that I wanted to see and because, as you know, as we've not really yep. talked about on here, but we've talked about offline, Mike and I are pushing to end Hanks on the Memories. We're doing two a week now, so in addition to the two of these a week, we're doing two Hanks a week. Insane. Like, I don't know in, how you're doing In it. a week, we are going to be done with Hanks. So that's cool. We're going to have recorded through, like, I think the one we're recording tonight is, like, the last week in September. So, like, we're way ahead, right? But awesome. it's, we're pushing ahead, whatever. And so I had been building up movies that I wanted to see, but I had not had time because, watching number these. one, when, yeah, just, I don't really feel like watching a movie when I'm not watching a movie that I, quote-unquote, have to watch. Yesterday, I was like, okay, I have nothing going on. Yankees were no, canceled? Not, this was even before that. I was just like, I, my original idea was just, like, to watch the Yankees, like, this morning or something, or, or not, or just skip the game or whatever. Nine movies is a lot. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a lot, but it was 13 hours hours in total so in in all things like that like it's not crazy i mean 13 hours is still a lot but it's not like nine two-hour movies like they were sort of carefully kind of not curated but picked and the other thing that like i did which actually worked out genre wise is each movie that i watched was shorter than the previous like i just started oh. long and got short and so the last one that i watched was the new shutter movie the new movie on shutter called host which is 56 minutes but it's a horror movie like all captured on zoom so like it went from being like an hour 49 was the longest one all the way down to that's 56 not that minutes. long even no that's kind of the goal like when i've watched seven or eight in a day before it's been like okay i kind of have to watch 90 minute movies and so like i was looking at the list of movies and i'm like a lot of these are short. Like, I bet I could knock these out, like, in, like, I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll do four or five or six or whatever. I'm like, wait a minute, like, let me add these numbers up. I'm like, actually, I think I could do nine in a day. And so I started a little bit before 9 a.m., and I ended at 1 a.m., but I also, in that time, walked three miles. Nice, I also congrats. edited the podcast, the Blue Crush podcast. So it's not mm -hmm. like I was just only watching this. This episode of this podcast. Oh, yes, this episode, the back half of this. But yeah. yeah, like it's, I was able to do other things that there's a little bit of a balance. The one I want to make note of, so I two, two that I want to point out. Number one, the best one I saw was this documentary called Boys State. So they kind of rush through the history of this. I don't know if it's every year in every state or if they alternate or whatever. Boys State and Girls State are these gatherings of like 16 and 17 year old boys and girls as they prepare for like, I guess, a life in politics. So this one is about the 2018 gathering of 1100 boys in Texas. And so they are thrown kind of in a room, like they take over, it seems like the Capitol building for like a weekend or something. Okay. And they are split into two parties, the Federalists and the Nationalists. And they are basically like, cool, like go form government. So like figure out who's running for governor, who's running for party chair, who's running for this, who's running for that. And so the documentary follows four or five of these boys as they all rise or try to run for whatever. It's fascinating. And like yeah, the one kid, it. there's there's two kids that you're kind of rooting for, I think. The documentary, I mean, even though like it's Texas and there's a lot of like, you can't take my guns away and pro-life this and that, whatever. Like it's yeah. very like, oh, this is Texas. The documentary, I think, also sort of has a liberal slant because 
the two kids that you're kind of rooting for are these two in the one party that are like very clearly like one's a black kid who's just I, I know that I'm facing prejudice here in Texas, whatever. Yeah. But the other kid shows up wearing a Beto for governor T-shirt. I'm like, hell yeah! Like man, it's just like he's like there, just he's being so nice and just like shaking everybody's hand, like kind of knowing what he's doing, like stirring shit a little bit. It's interesting to see these kids who like all aspire to a life of something, whether they're just interested in politics or want to run for office or whatever. You see them like sort of compromise some of their morals. Like, well, you got to just say what you got to say to get elected. It's like, no, you don't. Like that's like, yeah. you don't. Have to- <laughs> But it's like learning early. So that was the first movie I watched yesterday, and it was the best one that I watched yesterday. So if you have Apple TV Plus, so like if you bought a new Apple device, I think last fall they gave you a year for free. So check that out. I would recommend that. But the other one of note for this podcast, I watched a movie called She Dies Tomorrow, and I don't remember if I mentioned this on air or not. But it's a brand new movie that's written and directed by Amy Simetz, who I like from a lot of like indie and sort of. She's also, like, in Alien, like, the Prometheus... Alien Covenant, the Prometheus sequel. But she's in a bunch of stuff. She's in Upstream Color, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm -hmm. But she wrote and directed this movie called She Dies Tomorrow. And it's this, like, experimental horror movie where a woman thinks she she has a vision that she's going to die tomorrow and, like, what that does to her. And it kind of is, like, it follows in that she kind of passes it on. I knew somewhere in this movie Michelle Rodriguez was in it. And Ooh. I'm watching the whole movie, and I'm like, where the fuck? I'm like, did I, I, I couldn't have missed her. Even though I'm watching movies for 13 hours, I'm not really on my phone yesterday. Like, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I'm just like, this is, like, my vacation, my staycation for one day, eating shitty food, drinking shitty drinks. Like, just, this is my day. Yep. And I'm like, I'm not going to talk to the world. I'm doing this thing. So I'm like, I don't think I missed her because I'm not like distracted while watching. And then like with 10 minutes left, she shows up almost entirely disconnected to the story and just like does a thing. And just like, for she's on screen for like four or five minutes. And I'm like, how does this happen? I don't get it. Like it's, it's interesting and she's cool in it, but it's like, I don't understand where this story, how this intercuts. Like when we were doing what we thought was going to be the Fast and Furious watch party, and we were looking at trailers and whatever, whatever, and we found, that's when we found that stunt woman trailer that she's producing yes. or narrating or whatever. And I also found out about this movie, and I was like, oh, maybe we'll do this this lap. We are not going to, because I don't <laughs> think you'll like this movie, number one. But number two, she's only in it for like five minutes, and I kind of dis, like she's involved in the plot, but not really. If I didn't know she was in it, I would have been like, holy shit, like look, it's Michelle Rodriguez, but like it's, it's not. Knowing so she's a, in it and you're looking for her, you're like, right. what the fuck I was like, is I this? Could, I couldn't have missed her. When Mike and I especially, and you know, sometimes, I don't think really, I guess maybe some early Zac Efron or early Gosling, but like, where we watch these movies for the podcast, we're like, okay, we're watching for the guy, but like, where is, like, where is, like, we, we, we didn't miss him, did we? And then, like, he's on screen for, like, a second, like, oh, or, like, Channing in War of the Worlds, yes. a movie he's not in, we're like, wait, where the, where, where's Channing? And so I thought it was one of those where she's, like, on screen for, like, 30 seconds, and I, like, look down or something, I don't know, but, like, no, she's, she's in it for some reason, so, like, it, it reminded like a very, me. very, like, extra style part. Like, yeah, like almost I, like an extra. Like, why do you get Michelle weird. Rodriguez yeah. for this? It reminded me when I was in Austin and I went to see the Nicholas Winding Refn movie, The Neon Demon. Keanu Reeves is in that, like, in, like, kind of a minor role. Like, he just plays, like, a hotel manager at the hotel where Elle Fanning's character stays for part of the movie. And, like, he's got, like, two or three scenes. And, like, he's in the movie for probably, like, five or ten minutes. Like, kind of, like, but he's more important to the story 
that Michelle Rodriguez is here. After the movie, you know, Nicholas Winding Refn was there. I think I might have even told the story. But, like, I, I raised my hand. I'm like, hey, can you just explain, like, why and how is Keanu in this movie? Like, how, what? Like, it doesn't, like, Tim League, the CEO of the Draft House, was like, thank you for finally someone asking this question. Because, like, I want to know, too, why is Keanu? And so, like, he has this whole story about, like, how he wanted to work with Keanu, blah, blah, blah. So there's a history there. So I'm sure, in some regard, maybe something that I'm missing, Michelle Rodriguez and Amy Simetz have a connection. Like, and she's just like, not, yeah. like, do me a favor, but just like, oh, I have a small part in my movie. You want to come shoot for, like, it and could buds. have taken more than an hour or two, right? But, like, yeah. I don't know. It was just so weird to see, like, couldn't know that she was coming and then be like, oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Okay. No, that's, that. it has to be that, right? That they have to be, like, friends and they were like, hey, dude, I need to be in one of your movies. And you're like, well, but you're shooting this thing. So, like, I have a couple, like, I have, like, one character I didn't fill yet. Do you want to be that? And you're like... Yeah, I could do that, you know, just like as like a friendly, fun time thing. But yeah, you're right. Why would you have Keanu or Michelle Rodriguez, either of them, not play a major role in your film when they're clearly real actors, right? Like, yeah, but I think that that's basically all I've been doing. Like, I just watched a bunch of movies, you know, been recording podcasts. Things will open up shortly, not this week, but shortly. But, uh, cool. but Joe, we have a Patreon page here on the show, Too Fast, Too Forever.com. Shout out to. Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, and, as we mentioned last episode, Dan the Duke Hayden for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Thank, Thank you, you all, all. so Seriously. very much. Thanks. If you want swag and merchandise, if you want early access to episodes, like we put on Patreon the entire Andy Tudor episode like two or three days early. So if you want that. Also, we made a promise on there. We have, we're not there yet, but we said that when we hit 20 patrons, we're currently at 15. When we hit okay. 20, we're going to record a director's commentary style version of the first movie. So we're, we're closing in on that. Um, we're yeah. not there yet, but that'll only be on Patreon. That'll never be on the feed. So if you want access to, I don't know what we're going to say that isn't, that we haven't already said seven times or, or in every minute. Party. It'll be on there. It'll be a Patreon exclusive. So if you want access to that, too fast, too forever.com. And we also have an email address, family at cageclub.me. And we got a handful of emails today. Cool. I'm excited to hear them. Hopefully they listen to the last episode. Well, we got at least one, maybe two about that. But first up, we have, like I mentioned on the last episode, Dan Hayden just became a $5 patron. Shout out, Dan. But then he sent in two emails, kind of one of them just a PS. Subject line, finally a member of the family. Hey guys, glad to have finally joined the family. Since the start of the pandemic, I've been plowing through podcasts on my bike rides and at night in the Dan Cave slash Duke Cave, whichever sounds less childish. I like Dan Cave because it's the play on Man Cave, right? So I think, I yeah. think that might, yeah. He says, this show has been on my list for months. Now that I'm strapped in to ride or die with you guys, I thought I'd contribute. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. I'm hoping to stay up to date currently with what you guys release while going back and checking out past shows. All right. I like that strategy. Very cool. It's, he's two, two, two uh, edge, double edge sword there, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Doing both at the same time. I like it. Says, Nico and Kevo have been a lot of fun this lap, and I'm looking forward to checking out their shows as well. Anyway, keep putting out the great content I'll be listening. Duke, and then he says in a separate email, P.S. I've got nothing but time. We've got nothing but time, brother. I'm also sure, and I, I don't, maybe not, maybe sure is the wrong word, but he's got a new baby, and I know that historically people are just like, you know, it's 2.30 in the morning, the baby won't sleep, you're just on the couch, like, letting your wife sleep, or you know what I mean? Like, one of those, I'm yeah. sure the modern equivalent could be like, I just need something to, like, keep my mind, like, that I'm gonna go crazy otherwise with a lack of sleep, so maybe a podcast fills that gap. I don't know. That would kind of make sense, right? Like, you need to be, like, half awake, but not awake and you need to be paying attention but not paying attention i think that we're pretty good at giving you something to ignore couldn't have said it better myself (laughs) 
Next email from Wes Hampton, subject line FNF Crossroads. What up, fam? What up, Wes? Wow, what an episode with Andy. I haven't played the game, but I did find some time to watch a playthrough. As you know, it's not very long, so it wasn't too hard to get through. Right away, I was so excited about the prospect of new FNF content that I wasn't really concerned with the gameplay or story elements. Yeah. I liked the introduction of the Tata Cool, and I thought it was fun seeing Dom and Letty take care of things on their own for a bit, but I absolutely love the new characters. Same. We're big fans. Yep. Aside from what it would mean for diversity and representation in the cast, I just think they're really interesting with an interesting shared history that I would love to know more about. I also think most fans agree that if these movies are going to keep going, they have to transition in new family members over time, and Cam and Vienna are great candidates for that. I agree. And so did Andy. That's what, you know, like he's, that's his main point is he wanted to make characters that could be seen in the films and we would want. And I agree with you. I think that they would make a great addition to the movies. So yes, agreed, 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 agreed. The fact that they, they cast and modeled the characters on recognizable on-screen actor says to me that they at least want to have the option of bringing these characters into the cinematic world. Which I agree I know. with. It's just this, it's a new trend in video games like the last like five years. Cast actors in roles, like there's a, a lot of PlayStation games, like PlayStation exclusive games like Until Dawn, which is this horror movie, did it a bunch. Death Stranding just has Norman Reedus in it. The new cyberpunk game has Keanu Reeves in it. Like they're just, they're doing it and it's a weird kind of blend where it's like on the one hand, it's entertainment, so like I get that it's a draw there, but on the other hand, like there are genuinely great voice actors who are losing jobs to actors, and it's just like uh, it's yeah, it's fair. it's a balance. Like like guys like Nolan North and stuff, like they're just such great voice actors who like were the leads of like Uncharted, but like you could also be like, hey, you know, Uncharted basically is Nathan Fillion. Like let's just cast Nathan Fillion in the part. It's like uh, you could, or you could have Nolan North be. Yeah, you're right. That's that's something I didn't think about is that by giving the job to a movie actor. That you might be, you know, taking food out of the mouths of somebody that is a voice actor just because they're more recognizable. And that's, yeah, I get it. I'm sensitive to this in a couple different ways because of certain podcasts I listen to. But like on Never Not Funny, Jimmy Pardo is essentially like a professional game show host. But he, a lot of game shows you see on TV now are like, hey, Alec Baldwin hosts or Steph Curry hosts. It's like, I get that, but it's like, kind of want to have like a professional game show host because like a personality yeah exactly just someone who's like i can command i I know when to hit my marks and whatever and like it's cool to see like lebron james or steph curry or whoever like do a thing but it's also like hey maybe you know have somebody who's like who is specialized in this and like let steph curry play basketball i don't know no shade to steph curry the other thing is that like a lot of animated movies and we've seen this especially recently you know like when we watched smallfoot littlefoot smallfoot the channing movie where it's like every snowman is just like a huge voice so just like oh yeah there's Zendaya oh there's Channing oh there's Danny DeVito or whoever right it's just like instead of having maybe people not that they're bad voice actors but instead of having people like John DiMaggio like the voice of Bender and all the you know whatever you could have him who doesn't necessarily get as many live action roles yeah it's just it's a weird like I get why you do that because somebody's gonna be like oh I'm gonna go see that like my daughter loves Zendaya she's gonna go see this new movie you don't have that one just like good voice actor but I, I don't it's know marketability. It's, it's a weird balance they're doing it because of marketability but at the same time you're right yeah I, yeah. I never thought about it until you just brought it up it's not a good thing or a bad thing it's just kind of the way that it is now so yeah Wes says I think what would presumably be the Letty led spinoff which you and I have talked with Wes about being like, instead of calling it the female-led or girl-led or whatever, we're just going to call yes. it the Letty-led. Even though we don't know that, like, based She'd on a conversation with right. Andy, it, yes. if, if it's not, 
things are wrong. But we've decided that for now, the placeholder that we have, because we can't call it the spinoff because we have Hobbs and Shaw and right. we don't have a title for it. But for now, we're just the referring Letty led to Fast it and as, yeah, the Letty led spinoff. Yep. Makes the most sense to give them room to shine, but I would love to see a cameo in F9. It seems unlikely, but that would be great. Anyway, I took some notes. Here's what I've got. To answer your question, no, my trivia has not been posted to Tokyo Drift. The long and short of it is, I was rejected twice. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, did you know that, quote, in the 2005 film Dukes of Hazard, there is a scene where Bo Duke drifts the General Lee around a traffic circle in what is supposed to be Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> did you see Chris Podcast uh, social media post yesterday that said there's somebody furiously adding that Robert Pattinson was in a Christopher Nolan and Batman movie in the same year trivia fact to IMDb and I thought of Wes when he when he wrote like you know what I mean like just like the dumbest yeah. the dumbest yeah. dumbest trivia will get approved but Wes is still fighting with them what's what's frustrating to me is that like this morning I watched Toy Story 4 to record the Hanks episode tonight great yeah. movie of course and I go to the IMDb trivia and there are literally I've never seen a number this big 564 bits of trivia and I looked at them like I'm not reading this. Like, I read it once for Keanu, and I'm not doing it again for Hanks. And so I just Apple F for Hanks, and I was like, cool. As I'm looking through the Hanks trivia, there's one that's just like, based on the events of the story, there can't be a Toy Story 5 due to rewrites. And I'm like, that's not true. That's, like, that's explicitly not true. Like that's, yes. like, that's just like a subjective statement that has no basis in anything. It's like eight of 33 people found that interesting. That's not trivia. That's not a no. fact. That's just a no. guy saying, like, there can't be a next movie. It's like... Yeah, yeah, there absolutely can be. Like, what are you talking about? Zeph has the bluest of blue eyes. Like, it's just, the, the, the bar to clear <laughs> is apparently so low for everyone but Wes. Wes, exactly. I saw that Hanks one, I was just like, that's, that's not a thing. That's not, that's not trivia that's not even true. Like, no, and like, unless you like blew up the studio, killed everyone involved, and like murdered all the characters in the last movie, right. there's still a shot that you could make a fifth Toy Story. Like, like the, the, the idea doesn't need to have anything, right? Yeah. It just, yeah. toys that move and talk. Like, you can make another Toy Story no matter what. And like, we haven't recorded that, but I think that's going to be a large part of our conversation today. It's like, well, it seems like Woody is off doing his own thing if you do a Toy Story 5, it doesn't make sense for him to be in it. And maybe that's what the guy is trying to say, but the way it's just like, it's physically impossible. It's just like, no, okay, guy, okay. Anyway. And no matter what, you could make another one, yes. Anyway. Wes says, the number of references in Easter eggs that I caught and you and Andy mentioned is so great. It points to the fact that he and the team are actually fans of the series because it yes. wasn't just obvious stuff connected to the plot, but deeper references as offhanded comments. I was especially excited about Racer's Edge. Harry's really done well for himself. He went from criminal that was getting strong-armed by the law to an international businessman. Yeah. I agree. I think yeah. I think he's the American dream at Truly. that point. I really appreciate that he's made a point of talking about how the theme of family doesn't really hit until four. It's not until Letty quote-unquote dies and Brian and Dom and Mia kind of are forced to reconcile that family becomes the most important thing. We talked about that with Wes before, that like, you know, we say that there's like a lot of family in the first one, but really it doesn't like establish family as the core value of the films until four. I can't believe we finally have what is probably the closest we'll ever get to a definitive answer of no knees Denise. It's basically what most of us thought, but it's nice to have someone so confident in their explanation. Yeah, I know. Do we, I know. So here's the question. Do we ask that question in upcoming things where we take that question off the either Oars. I think we still gotta ask it. I don't know, because because now we kind of have a benchmark for it, right? Say, like we talked about on the episode, say we talked to Joanna Bruce, we're like, what does food all over the place mean? And she tells us, can we ask that question? Oh, I don't know, man. That's Because it a feels like precedent. we have an answer now. It feels like we have an answer, because he was like, yes, we would all know what you mean. Like, yeah. he was very confident about it. 
Do we take Andy at his word? Do we trust him? I think he's the most reliable source we've had in this podcast. No offense to our past <laughs> guests. <laughs> I think so, too. I have no reason to not trust him, right? So. Right. He mentioned that Han may have changed in F9 in some way, but I think it's pretty obvious from the trailer. He got a haircut, that's it, no big deal. Other than that, I'm sure it's the same old Han, nothing suspicious to worry about there. That's it for this time. I'm really looking forward to Reef Week. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Yeah, nothing to see here. Move along. Han changed. Got a haircut, that's it. Dude, when he dropped the Han, like, is Han the same? I'm like, I don't fucking know. You looked at the script, bro. Like, like... Are you going to tell us if Han's the same or not? I didn't even think about this. That wasn't even an option in my head. I mean, like, I guess we talked about, like, you know, maybe Etion rebuilt him and stuff like that, right? Like, we've, we brought that up. Because if he's back, we didn't see a body, but he could be half robot now. We don't know. And we don't know what Andy means by this because we didn't, you guys heard as much, like, we didn't cut anything out. That... Well, he was also kind of saying, like, when he framed things like that, he's just like, I'm not really saying anything. I'm just saying, like, just keep an eye out. Like, it's kind of teasing, but it's also like, it almost could be spun like, oh, I'm just actually interested in, like, finding out myself. Right? I'm like, a fan, if is yeah. This, or if Han this is, is my fan theory, exactly. Yeah. We'll let you do your own sleuthing, but you found a thing on Reddit. I don't want to bring it up here, because I don't want to throw him under Ooh. the bus, uh, where he kind of definitively answered a question we've been asking. It's just like, is that? But it was, fr- it was from a long time ago. I didn't find it. Rachel found it. Because she's, you know, fucking chief internet detective. She's the best Brian O'Connor on the internet that there is, right? And she found something where we're One of the possibly... questions that we're asking, it seems like has a definitive answer, but it's also like, that feels so... Yeah, know, it feels we'll weird. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. If it's right, then I'm going to go back and we're going to dig through a whole bunch of other stuff and try to well, find Well, we could. Some. I mean, it's, it's very easy to go from there. But yeah, anyway, well, I know that we're being vague, but just do your own sleuthing on Reddit. Just think of the questions we've asked and look for things. Go from there. Yeah. Where did we get to this conversation from? Do yep. the back steps and you'll yep. figure out what we're talking about. Yep. Last email from Jerry Robinson. Subject line, been a while. What up, Jerry? How are you doing, bud? It says, been a while, guys. I'm still caught up. Nico and Kevo are awesome. I love their theories, especially the first two movies are being like Solo and Rogue One, kind of. I love it. Same. I've been moved to another position at work and training my replacement, which is fun, but on a channel called AMC, they're showing the first four Fast movies. When I was younger, AMC, they would show old movies from the 50s, and now it changed and makes me feel kind of old, you know? I know. I definitely know. And like, every Saturday since pandemic started, AMC, TNT, or TBS is playing like three of the Fast and the Furious movies in a row. Like, pretty much every, like, any weekend. This weekend, Rachel was playing, um, I feel like they, like, just follow the Cage Club network, because, like, this weekend was, like, shy a weekend. There was, like, seven Transformers movies yesterday, and then Disturbia was on this morning. And I'm like, is it just shy a weekend? And I send them to you all the time, because, like, sometimes they'll be, like, Cage ones, and then sometimes they'll be, like, high school summer party ones, and Fast and the Furious ones. Yeah. says, I don't know the system, but I watched the full walkthrough of Crossroads on YouTube. Took about three hours, but it's worth the watch, and I used to watch walkthroughs of video games if I didn't have the system. It says, man, your interview with the game director was dope. Jordana awesome. Brewster should really reach out to you guys. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll work like that, Jerry, but we would love to have Jordana Bre- I don't think she's ever going to reach out to us. If she does, I will be fucking shocked and you'll be the first one to hear that you were right. But I don't think that's how it's going to work. Baseball news, Padres and A's are killing it this year. Ilion and I were watching the Bay Bridge series between the Giants and A's. And the Giants were ready to win up by two in the ninth when the Giants closer came in and all he did was pitch fastballs. And then on two of the three games, A's had a three-run homer to take the lead and win. Well, Wells is going to be happy. Yeah, wasn't upset about the loss, but more the closer like the Giants need to fire him. At least Ilion is happy and that's all that matters. That's all that matters, brother. That's a good <laughs> way to think about it. We're also in the process of trying to move. Well, 
I know there's good a house luck. in California, 1327. Go check out that. You know, good good real estate. That's all I got to be – or that's all I got for now. Be fast and never last. We won't. I promise, brother. All good luck right. with your move, man. I hope it works out well. I know that yeah. that could be stressful, especially now with, like, pandemic shit. But, like, it, honestly, it might be a, a good time to move. It seems like – well, it's mm, – depends. You can kind of clean – you can kind of clean down a whole new brand new place – Mm-hmm. Just wipe it all down yourself so you know it's clean and fresh starts. I like it. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. I don't have Fast and Furious news, but I have news yep. out of DC Fandom. So number one, I there's now Black Adam trailers. I, well, uh, there's a couple different things. Okay. So there's Black Adam content, footage, images, whatever. That's the new Dwayne Johnson, The Rock superhero. Yes. If there's a trailer for that, I have not watched that yet. But there's a lot either. of stuff out there. But what I did watch, there is the Suicide Squad roll call video where they just, there's no footage. It's just characters and actors and pictures. It's all just like, it's like so they're a doing a second show. Suicide Squad? Yeah, it's called The Suicide Squad. And it's directed by James Gunn. So when he was fired from Guardians 3, yes. before he got rehired to Guardians 3, they hired him over on the Suicide Squad. And so this has not only Idris Elba, but also John Cena. So a couple bad guys, ostensibly, Ooh. from the Fastiverse in a single movie. Little crossover there. That's cool. I like and, that. And then also a ton of stuff about our pats as Batman. Not Fastiverse related, but this podcast related. New trailer at which I did not watch, will not watch. And also a new Wonder Woman 84 trailer, Gal Gadot. So a lot of our guys and ladies, uh, a lot of footage out of fandom yesterday. I didn't want to watch the RPAT trailer, the Batman trailer, because, you know, I'm with you. I'm going to see the movie no matter what. But I just wanted to get a peek at him being Batman. And obviously it's exactly what we thought. And he's going to be great. And I'm really excited. It was funny. I was talking to my friends and um, we were saying like, I was like, oh, dude, I'm such a Robert Pattinson fan. My one friend, Zach, that only watches blockbusters was like, why are you a fan of him? And I'm like, well, because you only watch blockbusters, you have no idea that he's been in all these great movies like we were talking about later. And my other friend was like, yeah, you didn't see Good Times? And everybody, like, we're all like, if you watch real movies, then you'd be excited about this. So Good Time is great. All right, Joe, the Ana Lucia Cortez, Leticia Ortiz, Lost for a Minute, Season 2, Episode 8, Collision. So this is our first, so I, I was teasing last episode, last time we talked about a Lost episode, that we're going to have an Ana Lucia episode yes. toward the end of the season. I completely missed this one. So we have two Ana Lucia episodes. This is one where it's all Letty in the flashbacks. We get a history of who she was. And this is kind of what you were looking for. So please hit me with your thoughts about Collision. One, I want to give you shit, because for me missing Shannon getting shot, we see it three episodes in a row. So if there's anything for me to miss in Lost, it was that. Because they've been playing. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you don't don't give me shit for you basically looking at your phone instead of doing your homework for the podcast. But anyway, go on. I'm vindicated here because they play it in every like we saw it at the begin, like the end of the, the last two episodes ago. You're not vindicated. You just they they covered you. That you're not vind- you're not you weren't right. <laughs> it's not no. you're not right to not watch the thing. It's just that they showed it a couple times. I know. Uh, too many times like you don't need to see it happen four times like we saw it again we see like the aftermath we get to it at the end of the last episode we get it again at the beginning of this episode and then they continue about it here so i'm like if there's anything for me to miss though come on it, it was that like we we're still talking about it we see now that letty is a cop and she's arguably a worse cop than brian is well she's trigger happy i don't know that she's worse i mean she seems like she's <sighs> she's bad she she does she's a bad judge of character 
every person she's it makes sense why she built the jail now right like yeah. that was like mm-hmm. her like first instinct is to build a, a prison cell her bad judge of character is that she thought that a kid coming out of an apartment building was innocent and then that guy he shot her killed her unborn child in the process yes and then that sort of fucked her up which is understandable but it's yeah, not she like she has this history it. it's just like well now she does on the island, she fucked up which guy she tried to lock up. But that's all after. I'm just saying before that happened, before the one incident where she like made a bad judgment call, but like erring on the side of caution, after that, everything is broken bad. But before that, it's not like she was always quick to the trigger. It's like this one well, thing. we don't know. The episode kind of said, like, that's the breaking point. But I mean, but like, we don't know. She could have a long history of just being really bad at making decisions, judge a character. It doesn't seem like that. You're right. You, you can assume that she was fine until she had this traumatic episode happen to her, and then now you know she's a little trigger happy which i said last time now we have the reason why we know why when we're on the island uh you know and like we're starting this episode before we even see that she's a cop and she's like very trigger happy and like pointing the gun at everyone rachel described her as brian and vince had an annoying child she's just like the aggro-ness of vince but like the copness of brian and just like waving the gun at everyone i'm like yo you need to calm down lady like i get it like you're a little tense but like it's too much just not everyone here is trying like needs to be shot you just killed an innocent person so relax you're a cop like chill i mean she she it's her form of law and order and i feel like not defending what she's doing but she's out yeah. of her she's scared out of her mind there's people that are literally oh, sure. coming and taking their people and she's like hey i oh, can't agreed. trust anybody i gotta defend myself yeah but like use some fucking fix your judgment please like your judgment barometer or something i mean a lot of the show a lot i mean a lot of loss and a lot of i mean every show everything is just like how trauma affects you so i think that like, yes true it's it's not it's easier said than done and it's more realistic this way right mm-hmm. than if she was just like hey all of a sudden i'm like the ultimate good cop and like i'm the just only the person who improved of- on the island is Locke. everybody else like things are not good true very true which is understandable because they all crashed on an island and now yes survive yes I thought it was very interesting. She walks into the police department, right? Like, because we see that, like, you know, she was, like, getting some therapy, and then he gives her a badge back. We learn she's a cop. She walks into the police department, and, like, the captain of the police department is a Hispanic woman. I was like, oh, my God, what are the chances that there's two Hispanic women in the same police department, and one of them's the captain? She's like, thanks, Mom. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Like, I was, like, really excited that that was like, wow, man, like, this doesn't feel real at all. And then it was like, it was her mom. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, her mom cool. is very protective of her, too. So it's very, yes. you know, it's the, it's the motherly instinct. Again, all thematic, maybe a little on the nose, but again, like, the mother-daughter and just what, or mother-child and, like, what Letty lost, right? So. Yes, yes, yes. I saw, I had a fast connection this episode. Okay. She gets sent to, like, evidence, right? Like, that's how she gets her job back. And she's like, no, man, I need a post. Give me a car. I need to be back on the streets. And I was thinking about the first the first film when Vince is, like, talking shit to Brian. And he's like, and then put your dress on because I'm sending you back to the streets where you belong. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Letty's trying to go back to the streets. And Vince is trying to send her, send Brian to the streets. But we talked about this. But do you think that who is a worse cop, Anna Lucia or Brian? Brian. Brian. Anna Lucia is pointing a gun at somebody. Brian has no excuse. (sighs) Anna should not be a cop. They should both not be cops, but Anna was, it seems like, was a good cop until she was affected by trauma, and she's forcing her way back into, she's stubborn. Brian's just bad at his job. Okay. I think they're different. I I see why, I see the inclination to compare them, but I think. They're two separate entities. Yes. Yeah, that's right, because Brian didn't really, like, have, like, a trauma. He just, like, shouldn't have been a cop to begin with right like he just was like was like naturally more of a criminal than a cop or should have quit like a hundred times yeah then she does a bad job of just like holding prisoners like because they just all escape like i was like dude you like come on man like 
your whole job as a cop is to like you know have like this jail thing down at least and then like michael runs away she eventually unties saeed well somebody says to her you're not a great judge of character she's like no, yes can't, uh can't, the, can't the blonde really. lady the blonde libby. lady says libby this. yes she says this yeah she is not a good judge of character what i liked about this the on island dynamic was there's kind of an inverse like we saw in season one which we did not talk about but like saeed when he's torturing Sawyer for where the... I think they're looking for the guns. The guns or the meds? The meds? The water? They're looking for something to think that Sawyer is stashed away, right? And so Saeed is the aggressor because he has the Republican Guard. And here, he's kind of met his... Not equal, but like his version, Match. like another version of whatever, where yes. he's then like, no, he's tied up and like. He was kind of the sheriff, right? Because he was the only one that had a gun that they like really knew about. And they were like, okay, like he's the kind of the sheriff. Like he was the law on their side of the island. No, I don't think so. No, he was the specialist that they called in. Saeed didn't really have a gun, I don't think. I think they had they had the one sort of like group gun that they took from the uh, uh, the agent that was guarding, that was transporting Kate. But then they had the whole case of guns that they found later. But they had just like. Kind I always of felt gun. like he was more of the sheriff role though right because like you know like, i think jack, jack, jack think... jack's always like jack is everything jack is the sheriff i think saeed was okay. the specialist that they call and they're like you need to do this because like i can't like jack's not going to torture sawyer but saeed's like i've done this before i can do it again yeah i can do it but i liked uh, in this is that she, they, they kind of bond over their like traumatic history and she's saying you know i let him reach all i did all i remember was a pop by the time i hit the ground i thought i was dead i feel dead and it's just like the harrowing it's the ptsd of the job whether you're a soldier in war or a cop or whatever, right? So yeah. yeah. Plus, Letty ostensibly died in this episode mm-hmm. and dies in Fast and the Furious, right? Gets shot. We assumed she got shot in Fast Four. The parallels are great. That's especially telling because she gives Saeed his gun back and he says, like, basically, why are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And she says, what good would it be to kill you? We're both already dead. Like, you know, we're already like screwed on this island together. Like, we might as well like not like we can't keep killing each other, right? Like, we no. need to you know yeah. live together, die alone, right? So yeah. I agree. But then, unrelated to Ana Lucia, I cried in this episode. The music at the end, the emotional reunion of Rose and Bernard and Son and Jin, tugs in my heartstrings. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I'm so excited for more, like, I'm so excited for where this goes now that we reunited and how Son and Jin act and how Rose and Bernard act and all of these things. Like, I'm excited to see where this goes from here. And what I'm also excited about is how the episode ends with a stare down between Jack and... Ana Lucia, it's like, oh boy. Yeah, they realize that they're like, Oof. oh shit. Yeah, that was it. That was a good episode of Lost. I mean, like, that was a nice transitionary episode. Well, the next episode we're doing is called What Kate Did. So I'm assuming it's a Kate episode. I think it's the next one. I think there's yeah. there's only one that we're skipping. I think there's so it's it's not for a little while. But the next episode is the next episode. Like, okay, cool. Ana is just in it now. Like, you know, she's that's what there, I thought, right? Yeah, like, so. it's like just now at this point we do like. Just every episode one. That's what I was saying. I think I think there's only one that we skip, and I'll let you know when that is. It's not yet though. But the next episode. No, I've been cover, paying attention. Yep. I got the scheduling. So I'm, yeah. I'm doing good. Well, it's not even all on that schedule. Like I have the master schedule, which I keep having to re. As we keep adding new things in and whatever, adjust, keep juggling yeah. around. But yes, but the next one is just what Kate did. So Kate episode. Episode nine. Yep. Well, the Fast and Furious minute minute eighty two a minute I called go time. No, no. 
on the scanners! Keep going! In this minute, the heist begins. Vince puts on his helmet and stands up through the sunroof. He shoots the first harpoon through the truck's passenger side windshield, shoots the second harpoon, which lodges in the truck's passenger seat. Yep. In his rearview mirror, Dom sees the truck driver has a shotgun. Dom pleads for Vince to get back in. Vince doesn't hear him. Vince jumps onto the truck as the truck driver unloads his first shotgun blast. So I was saying to you that the things that I normally do, there's not a ton of dialogue, there's no new clothing, there's no new music, there's no music at all. So a lot of what we're going to pick up in this minute is all you. So Joe, hit us with what you got. What did you find this minute? I really wanted to find some, I'm going to tell you what I didn't find and what I was disappointed by. I want to see what jeans Vince was wearing, but he has a huge, stupid 90s belt, 2000s belt on (laughs) that covers up the back back of the the jeans. Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't find that. I tried to get what helmet he was wearing. You know, he puts it on, even pausing 50 different directions hopefully maybe i get the back logo at some point next minute but i did get you know the truck the truck license plate the Mm -hmm. three cars their license plates are these license plates that we've seen before or these new plates these are new plates that was something i searched in the document for too we're led to believe that they burnt the plates or the cars or anything from the last heist right Mm -hmm. which is also um we've argued about that but like Hector says they come in and bought, like Hector comes in and buys new stuff for three Honda Civics, right? Yep. And whether or not that's for Dom, we don't know. So he could have recycled the engines. That could have been something separate for Hector. But we're led to believe that they're new cars, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I was trying to watch this time that I want to get really down is who's in which car license plate wise. Yep. Because we see them, they show up there in a line. Dom kind of like pulls to the left of the truck around like the driver's side, pulls ahead to become the front of the truck and you have letty slide over behind the driver's side but in the back left of the i mean well the back it depends on which way you're looking at the back driver's side of the truck and then leon who was listening for cops on the radio becomes the back passenger side of the truck remember when we found the continuity error in the license plates in the first truck heist Yes, I think so. I mentioned that like, oh, like one of the cars like just uh, just switches. Oh, right? yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to see if they do that here, but they don't so far. So as far as I can see so far, it seems like they're they're keeping, you know, this is the order. This is who's in which car. I think that Letty's back driver side, it kind of makes sense. I'm going to have to check the next minute. And I think that Leon's back passenger side, but I'll clear that all up and figure it out. Well, we got nothing but time and the next minute. I mean, at some point we're going to find out. You might have, have to go back a couple minutes and be like okay so like it's like the the three card monty or like the the ball yes. under the cup it's like okay you gotta follow like follow the one follow the one follow the one where's letty where's letty where's letty and i mean obviously they don't show you them like through the car besides dom and vince like that's like the one that's like distinguished right like you know that that one's them because he climbs out of the roof yep so the other ones they like show you like leon and then they'll show you two cars ahead of him after they show you his face in the car which leads you to believe that this is what he's seeing he would be the trail and he's listening for the scanners and stuff so 
Yep. For the trivia question for this, I think it's it's a little tricky when it's such an, a heavily action minute. There's not a lot of dialogue we can quiz on. It's not like, oh, they're outside thermal or whatever, right? I have, like a, I was, I have a good question. What's your question? Because I have two that I'm, I'm okay on. Let me but... see what yours is. So my questions are, what does Dom say to the team? Like, basically, like the, like the kickoff. What does Dom say to the team to let them, know, let them know the heist is beginning? It's go time. So we could have some things similar to that. That's fair. Yeah, that's, or, that's, that's okay. It's not great. It's not bad. What hood ornament is on the truck that the team hijacks? It looks like it, it, it's some kind of winged it's an animal. It's an eagle. I thought I thought it was an eagle. Is it definitively, is like, is that the Peterbilt hood ornament, or is that just his hood his I'm hood unsure. Because I had an eagle, and I was like, mm, I don't want to be super specific, so I just called it a bird. The other question that I was going to ask is, how many harpoons does Vince shoot at the truck? Okay. Because I even, like, last minute, I was like, oh, he's got two harpoons. He's like, yeah, yeah. You said, like, yeah, he has to have two harpoons. So it's, it is two, so that could be... Because he rips out the, the window of the first one, yep. shoots a second one into the thing. So that, that was my thought of question. I like the what's the hood ornament, but is every Peterbilt have a... Let's look that up. I think just calling it a bird would be okay. Because we could say, like, it's a bird, it's a car, it's the Peterbilt logo. It's it, No, it you know, seems like everybody kind of has the different ones. There's, like, swans, there's ducks. Hasn't Nick sent in his hood ornament? Like, doesn't he have, like, Dom's charger or something? Like, it's, like, I think it's just a sign of, like, customization. Yeah, it's like, I can... This is me in the hood ornament, kind of. Yeah. We have bird. What else can we do? I just searched Peterbilt hood ornament, so I'm looking up other things. Bullhorns. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. A bulldog. Okay. Like you're talking about like actually like horns of a bull, right? Yes, like like the like a rack. A rack of a bull's horns. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like cowboy Texas type stuff. Yep. And the last how about Mercury? Like Mercury running, right? Oh Is it Mercury? I think I think I know what you're talking about. I think maybe just we could just say, like, a man running? Uh, I think it's, like, more specifically Mercury. Right? But, I mean, I just, I think if people, if we just start Mercury, like, my first brain went to, my, my brain first went to the element, which doesn't make any sense, then to the planet, which also doesn't make any sense, but I was just, like, trying to run through, you could say, like, a running man or a, a man or a, because my brain was like, I don't know what, I don't know what actually Mercury, when you said Mercury running, I got there eventually, but even Mercury running, I'm still thinking of, like, in a thermometer, sort of. A jet, like a plane? Let's get rid of, do you want, do you want to keep bulldog or bullhorns? Because I think Both? two bulls. Or actually, okay, so that just makes it, like, it's probably one of the bulls, but yeah, okay, bird. Yes, right. So what hood ornament is on the truck that the team hijacks? Bird, yeah, the right answer. Bulldog, bull horns, or a plane? That's cool. I like airplane? that. Airplane? Airplane. Call it an airplane. Put jet in parentheses. What hood ornament is on the truck that the team hijacks? Airplane, bird, bulldog, bull horns. Cool. That's cool. That's a fair question. I like that. 92 questions now for 82 minutes. We are marching ever on toward the end of this movie, but we have a lot more to go. So uh, stay yeah, tuned. Check out the document, the minute document, and the Fast Figures quiz at TooFastTooForever.com. It's in the pinned post. Duke, if you have not checked that out yet, uh, do that thing. But Joe, let's take a break and let us come back. Let's hit the, let's hit the, let's hit the sand. Let's hit the beach. Let's hit the surf in Hawaii Ooh. to talk about Blue Crush. Hang loose a little. Episode number 120, Blue Crush. This episode is brought to you by Memories Beach Bar. The restaurant is named Memories in tribute to all of Ching's friends that died in the tsunami 
and with the support of his friends and family, he started to develop the project, and he would like to thank all of his guests and friends for making it a grand success. Thank you, Memories Beach Bar. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome back to the show to Blue Crush. So shout out to, once again, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party for picking this as one of his two movies this lap, because he uh, joined, I think, toward the end of last lap, and so we get into this lap, so we picked this one. He's got another one coming up. But we are here to talk about Blue Crush, Joe, Letty. So, okay. What? For our purposes, I don't know that this is a great movie. I enjoyed this movie. But I think that, I I wish there was more Letty. Or, okay, watching it from the perspective maybe a more accurate way watching it from the perspective that i'm watching it from i feel like it's more clear than ever that this movie is about the wrong person or about the wrong story you wanted it to be about letty well i want it to be about letty or i want it to be about kate bosworth not falling in love with the bland quote-unquote pro qb right because this movie what this movie is about <laughs> is that kate bosworth is this like up-and-coming surfing superstar who's been tapped to compete in this very exclusive high-end or whatever surf competition right yeah it's like you know one of the biggest surf competitions of the year but she's a local and like you know they often do stuff like this like she's like the wild card entry because she's like one of the best locals so like she's not on the pro circuit but she's like allowed to compete like lit toward the end of the movie you know or somewhere in the middle of the movie whatever uh, michelle rodriguez is like i wasn't invited to like i can't do this like i wish i could i can't i was not invited like this is for you exactly yeah and yeah. so the the movie is about kate bosworth there's three main women there's kate bosworth and michelle rodriguez and their third friend who i don't know her name i'm so sorry which one the the not the sister the, the no like the other one they're all like maids at this hotel and while they're cleaning a room they have this entire football team or at least a quarterback and seemingly his offensive line staying at the hotel Kate Bosworth falls in love with the quarterback, kind of a fish-out-of-water situation. In the end, realizes no surfing means more to me than him, even though in the end she kind of gets both. And that's sort of the movie. Letty is her, Michelle Rodriguez is her trainer, the one who sort of has the jet friend, ski to pull her the along. Trainer, yeah. Unofficial trainer, yeah, but friend, trainer, like she's the one who kind of helps make sure that you know she's ready for the competition. There's conflict here because basically all of her friends feel like she's throwing her life away, kind of to like live this life of luxury with this quarterback who whatever might go back to the mainland you know what i mean so it's just he's going back to what idaho or something right you know where all the pro qbs are from <laughs> idaho my my letterbox review for this is that you know even with an offensive line this charming uh, there's no way this guy they would are. not get annihilated like he does not look like he has a pro qb body like he looks like a very kind of frail I would sort of high school quarterback because he has the same frame as eli manning but eli manning somehow has like the genetic dna to just like never actually get hurt yeah i don't know maybe not i guess because like jared goff is also i don't know maybe i'm looking at him i'm like he doesn't look like a pro qb he just looks like a he looks like a high school what, movie what does a pro shut up ryan you, you're just shocked now because you've like seen like lamar and patrick mahomes no 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 i don't think i don't i just think that he looks like what a high school movie quarterback looks like i don't think he has the body i just feel like he's too frail sort of i don't know i don't know even like no i've seen like a bunch of these guys like baker this shirt off when he's like like in the off season like he's just like quarterbacks like don't need to be super ripped right like well then maybe just his overall performance or whatever matthew davis not a not a criticism of his acting but i did not get ego back from him yes maybe that maybe overall package not a quarterback that's fair i think body build and type is fine he's not big enough i think he would need to be a little bit bigger his general like demeanor is not like 
sergeant. You know what I mean? Because like to, he's like, also so, he's supposed to be famous enough and well known enough. And this is not a podcast about him, but he's supposed to be famous no. enough and well well known enough that like everyone knows who he is, right? And it just feels like it doesn't. He doesn't have that clout, and maybe that's just they want to focus on. I don't know, but it just feels like oh my god, can you believe he's at the hotel? Sort of to an extent, right? And then yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because they're ostensibly at the Pro Bowl, right? So he should be like the best quarterback in the NFL, or like one of them. Yeah. Um. So this movie, Blue Crush, was previously covered by Wistful Thinking. They did a Reef Month, I think, or maybe just boating or something. It was uh, boats. But they covered this on there. They definitely did a boat boat cast for a while. So this movie came out in 2002. It was the summer after the first Fast and Furious came out. So this is a very circa the Fast and the Furious era Letty. Um, oh. It's based on the magazine article by Susan Orlean. Do you know that name or no? No. So she is a recent Twitter darling because she got drunk on and live tweeted her night a couple weeks ago. And oh. it just it went very viral because I think she's just, you know, just an author who just got drunk and like went to a party and just had this not a wild night, but just it was this unfolding narrative and Twitter was all a buzz about her. Shame on her for going to a party right now. She well, I don't know if it felt like, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't remember the details because also I was just like, this is charming. Then I just, I tuned out. But more importantly to me and possibly to you, but more so to the network and as a whole, she wrote a book called The Orchid Thief. And The Orchid Thief was tasked to Charlie Kaufman to adapt. And he had such a difficult time adapting it that he wound up writing the movie Adaptation, wherein a character named Charlie Kaufman tries to adapt the novel The Orchid Thief. And his brother, who's not a real person, Donald Kaufman, also played by Nicolas Cage, who plays both Kaufman brothers, Uh. writes a cheesy, whatever kind of dumb thriller called The Three, I think, gets like critical acclaim. And so she wrote the book that was going to become a movie, but wound up becoming the book in the movie about adapting so it's just like this whole <laughs> but one of Nicolas Cage's absolute best movies and performances especially because there's two of them adaptation she wrote that but she wrote this not magazine article called the Maui Surfer Girls or sometimes Surf Girls of Maui but the reason I bring all this up aside from the fact that there's the Cage connection there is because the Fast and the Furious was also based on a magazine article oh yeah that's right yeah yeah so that's yeah, how kind X, of obscure right? yeah racer x so it's kind of a weird not obscure but sort of a strange fast connection it is a strange fast connection i like that one but the guy who directed this is john stockwell he also did there's two movies of note for us number one the more direct one is he directed into the blue which we covered a couple laps ago or last lap when did we do two laps ago the brian o'connor lap brian, another paul surf walker. movie so yes. he's like the surf director mm-hmm. so the paul okay. walker just got album movie and he also directed a movie similarly named to Into the Blue called In the Blood, which I've mentioned a couple of times because it's the bad Gina Carano movie that I've seen. So oh. I was like, because I keep talking about how great she is in Haywire. She's also in this other movie that I saw that I'm not really a fan of. It's not, you know, her fault. Who knows what the issue is there. But this guy, I was like, oh, Into the Blue. Oh, also this other movie that we're probably not going to cover unless we do a Gina Carano lap. But I was just like, oh, this guy kind of has like his fingers in a lot of Fast and Furious adjacent pies. Yeah, yeah, that's so. really cool. I didn't know that. Good, yeah. good tidbits. I'm, I'm happy. One more tiny little thing that I want to hear your fast connections is that Kate Bosworth's character is named Anne Marie Chadwick. Uh, yes. Michelle Rodriguez plays a character named Eden, no last name. But the last name Chadwick is a reference to Elvis's character in Blue Hawaii. And so Mike and I have the Elvis podcast that's kind of on hiatus now because. I really want to do those in person, and we can't do those really in person, but uh, yeah, the, there's an Elvis connection there, too. So there's a lot of behind-the-scenes 
sort of machinations of ways that this ties into our network as a whole. But Joe, you said there was one thing, one in particular that you're like, oh my God, I'd be best fast in action or letting in action. So hit us okay. with the big one. What the do you got? The big one first. You yes. want it? Actually, before we get there, did you like this movie? Let's let's talk about that. Did you like this movie? I did. I actually enjoyed it way more than I thought that I would. I That's don't know good. if it was, it was the time that I was watching it or something. I'm not going to choose a 90s girl surfing movie as something that I'm like, oh, yes, I can't wait to see that. But Rachel had seen it, and as I started watching it, it was a little bit like a a female-driven point break in some ways. Sure. The surfing element, yeah. I don't know if it's the The surfing element, the, like, joining a different family, teaching Mm -hmm. someone how to surf, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're abandoning your friends, but you're also part of them. Those kind of elements, like, I get it. It's not a heist movie. It's not Keanu, and it's not, like, you know, undercover cops or whatever. But in that same sense, with, like, the surfing and, like, the, you know, finding a new clan and fighting the locals and stuff like that, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, the surf party was very reminiscent of Point Break to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I could just see Patrick Swayze just showing up here. This might have been his old house. Who knows? That party kind of felt like... It felt adjacent to Fast and Furious parties, but also felt more... Like, it felt somehow, I think, both more movie party, but also more real party than the Fast and Furious. Like, the Fast and Furious exists in, like, this kind of, like, hey, this is, like, what a party resembles, which works for the movie. This feels both, like, more real and more fake, and I was like, oh, okay. In a weird way, yeah. I think it feels more real to me on first glance. Because it's, like, so packed. and There's, there's like a ton people of people do- there, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, okay, that makes sense. You know, like, they're the surfer crew. Everybody comes to party there. Cool. The house is kind of shitty. Whereas, like, when you see, like, the party at the Toretto's house, it's, like, a bunch of people pretending like they're at a party, right? And they're, like, all up against a wall to, like, make the shot nice. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, like, okay, like, nobody moves to this party. Everybody just stands, like, directly back against the wall facing, like, like down. The only sound you hear is Vince playing his guitar. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's, like, smoking or breaking anything. It's just, right. like, yeah. Yeah, this party felt dirty, right? Like, it felt smoky Grimy. and easy and foggy, Grimy. right? Yeah. I agree. I like this movie overall. I don't know that I'm going to watch it again, but I enjoyed it. I think that the movie that I wanted to see is not the movie that we wound up getting. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't really care about the fish out of water romance, sort of little mermaid-ish that she, you know, falls in love with a man that she shouldn't have, maybe, or whatever. And I wish that they had explained more of what the surfing scores meant. Because they're just like, oh, that's a a 4.1. It's like, well, I... I get that that's not good, but, like, what are we looking for? Is it out of five? Is it right. out of ten? I don't know. And then somebody gets, like, a bunch of nines or, like, tens, and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even know it was out of ten. <laughs> if you'd have just made it, like, 5.2, then uh, that would have been clear. Yep. Clearly, so at the end, she has to get over her, because all movie long, the, the character's having, like, PTSD. Because she'd gotten injured in a surfing yes. accident there before, the same yep. place that Pipe Masters is going to be at. And so I think she basically makes, like, the semifinals, or she advances once, and then, like, is she's not in the finals, but she's near, she's approaching the finals. No, she just makes it for, past the first round. She's in the okay. second round. But she advances once, and then she, like, kind of just has stage fright and just sits out there. And her, her opponent just like, are you just going to sit out here? Like, come on, ghost girl, basically. This was probably like the coolest moment of the movie is to see her competitor be like, I know you're better than that. Like, you're yeah. just nervous. Like, she's like, I already know that I crushed this girl. Just decimated her, yeah. right? Like, there's well, no it's, it way. It seems like it's also like a volume thing, right? It's like, okay, we're going to take your 10 
I don't even know what the, the terminology. Is, I don't know how to. I don't know heats waves. Your runs, surfs? runs, runs. Maybe I would say runs. Right. It's like you, you like catch ten waves and then your cumulative score. And so she's like, I already got ten. Like I'm just I'm done. Right. So like I, you're not going to do ten. There's timed or whatever. So like I don't think it was ten. I think she got like three. I saw a sheet with way more than three. I don't know how many. Again, the movie no, does it was not just care clips about the of her riding the same wave forever because she was doing good. Oh, then maybe you're getting multiple multiple scores on like a cutback and then I yeah, it's like. Kate Bosworth does one run, one surf, whatever, one heat. And even the announcer's like, you know, that's not going to be enough. To, it's just like so on the nose. Like, it's not going to be enough to get her to move forward. But, uh, yep. you know, she's got to feel glad that she went out there and did that. It's like, I get that, like, that's what we're watching. You don't need to be that on the nose about it. It's just, come on, man. Like, we get that this is a personal victory. Yeah, you, you should be like, oh, that shouldn't be enough to pull her ahead. But, like, great yeah. run, you know? Like, Ugh. he's like, oh, she looks like she's going to lose anyways. But there she goes. Right. So there's this screenwriting book called Save the Cat, which Tobin taught us in a screenwriting class. There's all these different beats, yeah. And there's one, like, the whole thing of this is that it's very regimented, that, like, you're supposed to, like, write a screenplay. Like, you can adapt it or whatever, but, like, basically every good screenplay is like this, right? In the first 10 pages somewhere, there's, like, the theme stated. So you're supposed to basically say what the the point of your movie is, like, what the lessons are going to be learned. Generally speaking, it's not a character saying that. Like, it just, you see it somewhere, you hear it, you overhear it, whatever. It's not, like, very overt. We're just... Just like oh okay yeah that's you can't you can't be like today we're gonna learn about surfing but like this is not at the beginning but it just feels like then all movie long she's been struggling pulled between two different worlds and it looks like she finally did this one and while it's not a, it's just like yeah God, yeah we get it we we just spent an hour forty we know what we're looking but at this, but this but this movie's geared towards teen girls right isn't yeah. that the audience of this movie not saying that like they should dumb it down for them just that like oftentimes movies geared towards teens or preteens are kind of written in this way that they're like so on the nose and you're like come on man give them more credit like yeah i think that's what we say a lot on these about these movies right it's just like yeah. treat your audiences a little bit more respect but anyway yeah i liked it overall i didn't love it i think just it's maybe just not for me which is fine it's definitely not for me yeah. but i enjoyed it it was a breezy watch but okay please fast action i sort of dis- I distracted you detracted you took you away the biggest fast action Something that I never thought I would say on this podcast. That this is now the second movie this lap that Michelle Rodriguez says the word condom. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. I never, ever thought that that was something we would find a recurring theme in in her movies. And it's kind of not, but she's used that word twice. A, A word that I don't hear spoken in movies too often. But this is only the first time where it's actually about a literal condom. Yes. As opposed yeah. to just a dress that looks like one. Also, by the way, Elizabeth what? Debicki, who wore the proverbial condom in that movie, got cast as Princess Diana in the final two seasons of The Crown. So, shout out to the tallest woman I've ever seen, according to a letterbox review that we found. Oh! Uh, Princess Diana, so that's pretty cool. I didn't know that's Princess really Diana cool. was that tall, but, like, good on you. She's a great actor, so there we go. That is but yeah, cool. Condemnection, that's a weird thing. <laughs> it was so strange. When I heard her say it, I was like, did, did she just, did Letty just say condom again? Also, like, this what? is a stretch. A nickname for a condom is a rubber, burning rubber, cars. It's all ooh, right there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. No. Totally. Yes, exactly. I want to talk about, before we get into further fast connections, I want to talk about a weird 
not a weird thing, but it's sort of maybe an unfortunate thing or something that we're maybe going to have to address or keep an eye out for that. What? As we've talked to Nico and Kevo about Michelle Rodriguez and her characters and Nico specifically in a Fast and Furious 4 episode talking about how like she's typically coded male and like it just it's kind of it's a specific kind oh, of thing and it's not necessarily yes. good or bad. It's just the way that she is. What I, what bothered me in this movie oh, is God. that like every time there'd be like three guys and three ladies, like three men, three women on screen, right? She's always in board shorts. They have the entire movie like Kate Bosworth and the other friend are in bikinis like she's got a bikini top on but she's like in the board shorts like she's in a tank top guys will roll up and they'll be like hey ladies how you are and then like they'll just grab her and like put her in a headlock or like rough house with her like every single time like three yep. or four times in the movie yep. and I'm like at some point you're feeding into the stereotype like I get that she's like kind of one of the guys but it's yes. like yeah but it's just like you could you don't have to do that you showing her physically sanding down a surfboard in the beginning of the movie is kind of yes. all we need to know to know that like she's tough and she can like hang and whatever we don't need to see her like physically grappling with like, the offensive linemen or the local surfers or whatever just like yep. you're really doing this again like it's a lot it's a lot and i feel like it we're is. gonna see this a lot we've seen it in lost we've seen it in the fast and furious and it happens over and over again. I just, it's it's weird. Like I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't I don't think it's good, but like it's almost it, typecasting. It, on the flip side of the coin, though, there is something that we don't normally see that we even when we talked about widows, I think we thought back to the Fast and Furious movies. But like seeing Michelle Rodriguez in the maid's outfit, which is like a dress, is a different kind of look, and like there's the femininity there. It's like peasantry too. It, I think it's kind of we. I'm glad that they had the two white girls with her because if we had the only right. Hispanic woman playing a hotel maid in this film, I would have felt very uncomfortable that that's what they cast her as. If she wouldn't have had her friends, like, if it's not like, oh, this is their... I get that they're in Hawaii, I get that it's like a tourism spot, and they're young, they need jobs. They, if she wouldn't have had her friends with her, that they they like, they like all signed up to be hotel maids, I would have been like, oh, God. Like, if they would have given, like, these two girls, like, a job at the smoothie shop, and Michelle right. Rodriguez would have been yes. the only... I would have been like, ugh... It's teetering on things that are, like, not objectively bad, but could be, like, with a little bit of a twist. But I guess, yeah, just, uh, I don't know that this movie is supposed to be overanalyzed, right? No, it's not. Not, like, the way we will. But the hotel thing, they actually do need them at the hotel because the hotel is the main structure of the plot, right? Yeah. Yep. It has to be, they have to be at the hotel to, to meet the football player, to like have the relationship with the hotel, to her to come back to the hotel. And they need to be have and have not so they can't be like also just staying at the hotel. Exactly. Because it's, it's supposed to be a luxurious hotel. He has a great room at this luxurious hotel. It's like where the Pro Bowl guys are staying. So yes, they couldn't have been like, girls that just happen to stumble onto this hotel they have to have been like workers and peasants there yeah what did you think of them trying on that woman's clothes like i thought it was like a kind of a fun scene but i'm also like do people do people do this i thought about it and i was like this is fun and doesn't bother me like nobody would do at this point like i'm an old man right so like what do i got basketball shorts and jeans that probably don't fit somebody that's cool i was laughing about it well mainly because she had them strewn everywhere it's not like they like really went through her closet they were all on the floor like thrown in piles you would have to imagine these are like dirty clothes right which is which makes it almost weirder in a way yeah but they're dresses and stuff it's not like they like tried on her underwear like and they had bikinis on underneath their work clothes 
so they were kind of in their underwear. I thought it was cute and funny, and like I can imagine that if I was working with my friends and we were all hotel cleaners, that we'd be like, "Oh shit, look at what this guy got in this drawer!" You know what I mean? Like it's just something you would do, and like that was like the the teen girl version of that is like, "Oh look, here's a dress we can't afford. Let's try it on because she's not gonna ever know." And it was harmless. They didn't like break anything. You know, they put it all back. Whatever. Like she, she didn't stretch it out. Those girls were tiny, even compared to the woman that's dresses was. You know? Yeah. One thing I do want to, similarly, but like in a totally different thing, um, I've always thought about like how, again, just coming from a place where I'm not thinking about the broader picture, but I'm like, you know, not that I would ever really want to be like uh, in housekeeping or whatever, but I'm like, it, it can't be that big. Cause like, you know, I think about it from my perspective, right? Like I keep my room pretty clean and I like, I basically just like live yes. out of the suitcase and whatever. And it's the same thing same. like with dentistry, we're just like, oh, my mouth is like, you know, sometimes I have cavities, but it's not bad. And then you think about like the room Worse. they walk into and like just vomit on the floor and vomit all over the bathroom and just like shit everywhere and condoms on the ground and just like, oh, right. No, other people are animals. And other people, <laughs> like in terms of dentistry, like that's my connection where it's just like, oh no, other people have like trash mouths. And I think about things from my perspective, like, oh, you know, like I I keep things pretty clean. Like it's never really, like I feel guilt. Like I kind of like pre-do the room up a little bit to like, Same, Rachel and I throw all of our trash away. Then I see this and I'm just like, oh right, no, people are monsters. (laughs) Yep, and he's like, I'm on vacation. And you're like, oh God, yeah, I know. You're such an asshole. Like at that point, I would just shut the door and be like, I didn't clean this room. (laughs) Like I ain't going in, like- whoops we never got to yours or put like the the, like do not disturb sign on the outside (laughs) that's a fucking biohazard yeah like this is gross it's real gross and i'm sure that that's not even like the beginning of the grossness that you see oh i'm sure yeah because like when they look in the bathroom i was like expecting like worse but it just like kind of like vomit around the toilet i was like okay that's not as bad as like what i was expecting to see but yeah i'm sure that it's gotten really i'm sure any person that has worked in hotel part of the cleaning staff at a hotel has so many horrifying stories for us at any hotel. Nice ones, shitty ones, doesn't matter. Uh, what other fast connections did you find? One, this is kind of a fast connection, but kind of not, because there wasn't many, like, overt fast connections in this. One that I liked was she's part of the NSSA, and I was like, is this, like, the Naira circuit for surfers? Ooh, okay. You know, like, Hector's in the Naira circuit, this girl's in the NSSA, because she says, like, Nisa or something, too, I think, at one point. Okay. Letty... Being a Superman fan, I don't feel like we've seen that in Fast and the Furious, but if she dropped some, like, comic book knowledge after, now, you know, we've been talking to Nico and Kevo, if she just dropped some, like, remember that episode of, like, Batman into Fast and the Furious, you'd be like, yep, that makes sense. I definitely can imagine she was watching a lot of Superman cartoons, right? Also of particular note to all of that is that Kate Bosworth, you leave in this movie, played Lois Lane in Superman Returns in 2006. So there's a Superman oh, connection in the movie. That's very cool. Rachel was saying that this girl is really famous and like was like all over the place for a while. And I I only recognize her as like the girl next door type situation, but I can't I couldn't have placed her in another movie. Well, she was in another movie that we talked about, not on this podcast, what? but on another podcast. She was in That we talked about me and you? Yeah, she was in she's one of the female leads kind of in Remember the Titans. I don't remember what role she plays oh. two years before this, right? So she's about this age, so probably Oh dude, you know who she is? She's like one, she's the racist um daughter. She's the blonde, I bet. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Remember mm-hmm. when he goes back and he's like and she's like, Oh, I can't shake his hand or something. Like I've seen her in a bunch of things. She's in a Stava movie called Homefront, which also has James Franco, also has Winona Ryder. Okay. She's in The Rules of Attraction. She's in that Josh Hartnett movie, 21. But I feel like she's just kind of, like, TV famous. 
Yeah. Like, she's got, like, CW vibes, right? And maybe that's just because yeah, I'm, she's maybe very I'm equ- cute. equating it to um, Superman. Like, she could be on, like, 200 episodes of, like, Supernatural or something, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I yeah, agree. that makes sense. I 100% agree with you. You just nailed it. Yep. She, you could have told me she was, like, Buffy's best friend. And I would have been like, okay, yep. She's on that, oh, actually, related sort of, I've not seen it yet, but there was that Netflix series that came out last year called The Island, a lost-ish island. She was on that, apparently. But no, it looks like she just hasn't done a ton. Like, she's been in 45 things, and she's still acting today, but best known for her Superman Returns in 21 and win a date mm-hmm. with Tad Hamilton and then this movie, so... So here's a couple other fascinations. I want to point out, I don't remember any particular songs from the movie, but there was a great soundtrack, I felt, especially early on. It I just kind of goes too. from yeah. really good song to really good song. Related to that, early on when they're all in the car driving, coupled with a good soundtrack, it got, it got like a real Death Proof vibe where it's like, oh, okay. like Bunch of girls singing four along badass with the radio. ladies, yeah, singing and just driving around town, right? So I get that. That's, that's very fair. Oh, so outside the convenience store at one point, somebody says, dogs got to eat something says so do i i'm hungry i was like oh pockets ain't empty cuz okay okay hungry i have a question for you these girls all work at the hotel we talked about the condom scene she blocks it out yells at the offensive lineman on the beach in front of all the other hotel guests he seems to be non-offended by it her boss finds out gets really angry at her and it's like you're fired the Mm -hmm. other two girls michelle rodriguez and the other girl are like that's it well then we quit too so they quit right all of them are done with the hotel, but they need to still pay their bills. And the football player still likes her. And so they're like chasing him down in the car because he said like, oh, he sees him surfing. He sees our main character surfing. And he's like, you know, how much for surf lessons? And she's like, whatever, leave me alone. Like, go talk to some guy. He'll teach you how to like foam boards and something else. Right. And so they chase him down. You know, they're like, how much is it for surf lessons? Like, how much would you pay? He's like, how much is it? And they're like, 20 bucks an hour. Well, like, how about like 150 bucks? That's what the hotel charges. And they're so shocked by this. And I'm like, these women were working at that hotel. How did they not know what the prices for surf lessons were at their own hotel? I mean, like, you work at a major institution. Do you know what, like, the undergraduate rate is? Do you know, like, what librarians get paid? Not that, but it's like, a I, different I think, thing, I think it's, like, dude. I don't know if it's that egregious, but I think it's in that thing where just, like... It would be, uh, like, me not knowing how much a coffee cost at the cafeteria. Because I think it's a... I th- it may be closer to that, but I think it's different because they're not getting surf lessons from the hotel. They're already surfers. Like, they're not exactly. looking Exactly. To- but I'm saying they set up the rooms. Like, they open the book of fucking conveniences in the rooms, right? Like, they have access to this. They've had to have seen it. They walk past the front desk. I'm sure that there's, like, a poster, like, on sale this week, like, 125 for surf lessons. It has to have been seen somewhere. That does feel a little bit unrealistic. And it's also, like, to, to what end, like... Oh, can you believe this windfall? But it's almost like like it needs to be. They need to luck into it. Like I don't. I'm just trying to think of like what this actually accomplishes. In yeah, because the they only get one week of this, right? I mean, like I guess that they could become like pro surf, like surf teachers. Like, but I'm just that thinking, like you sense. know, if, if they if they knew how much they should get paid, the scene could play it almost exactly the same way. Like you know, the hotel charges 150, but we'll just charge you like 80 bucks or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm gonna pay you with the hotel. Like it's just like the same thing. Like they're still gonna get the win. You know, I, I don't know. That's it what almost I'm feels like they're so out of it that they don't even realize this as an opportunity to make money at all, right? Like they could be hustling or. And whatever. you tell me that none of their friends, like they, like Letty. 
we see her in the beginning, she works at a surf shop, or at least, like, is close, like, she can sand her own boards. They lead us to believe that she's making her own surfboards. She doesn't know the going rate for surf lessons there. I So I have an easier time than you believing it, but I also am firmly with you that, like, it does not feel like it makes sense. Like, I think that there is, I can envision a world in which they don't know, but at the same time, it's like, they probably should know. That would be like them being like, surfboards, like, how much do those cost? And you're like, bro, you're right there. Like, you, surfboards, you know what's this. that? Exactly. You'd be like, dude, come on, man. Like, you know this. Then none of their friends have ever given surf lessons for, like, money. Like, this will be, like, the key demographic of, like, you hustling on the side, right? Like, it should be. I just imagine, I just imagine, like, all of these dudes are, like, semi pro skateboarders and stuff like that, like, that aren't sponsored and stuff. Like, don't you think they have, like, like a bunch of little kids? It'll be, like, the, like, somebody's mom is like, hey, I'll give you, like, 50 bucks if you could teach him how to, like, Ollie. And he'd be like, okay, cool. I could do that for an afternoon. And, like, you do that, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is what it costs. And, like, you've never, ever tried to do this, right? Yeah. Like, maybe, like, his, her sister's friends, like, one of their moms aren't like, hey, I know that you're, like, a pro surfer or an almost pro surfer. Oh, I was, like, really hung up on this whole, like, like, and you work, it's not even, like, it was a different hotel. Like, even if it was a different hotel, I would get right. it, right? Because it's like, oh, they charge $300 at that hotel. They're like, wow, $300 at that hotel was only 150 at ours. But it's like, no, you worked in that hotel. The hotel's not made to be, like, so big that they don't know what's going on, right? Like, it's just kind of like, yeah. oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Actually, speaking of that, to change the topic for a second, because I feel like this is a rabbit hole that we may never recover from if we go yeah, down I'm too sorry. much further. I'm sorry. In that scene where they're negotiating, I was like, this is kind of like the stare and drive. Like, it's not, but it's adjacent to, just, you know, next to each other, risk very much kind of playing chicken it's it's in that ballpark for sure it was a very too fast chase down the highway yep. you know with yep. brian and roman and just like weaving in and out of cars and oncoming traffic kind of chicken situation i was wondering is it weird to stay at a hotel that you work at because like when yes. she she's in the hotel room and then her friends come in to clean the hotel room she's like oh let me help you it's like wait what is like it's almost like a lot of teachers I know, especially growing up, you don't normally see your teachers in the wild because they kind of usually don't work where they live or don't live where they work, right? Because it's like, I don't want to be running into my students all the time everywhere. Like, they'll just yeah. work 20 minutes away or whatever, so they're not wildly far away, but that they can, like, if they have the choice, right? So yeah. it's weird to me that she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, this is just me now, and, like, I'm calling room service. It's like, what? What? This is the other thing I was saying. Like, there's many situations where she's at the hotel, and I'm like, you wouldn't know. Okay, she does use the like, oh, I'll go up the back stairs and meet you there, so nobody sees me. That one makes sense. But then it's like, if she called room service, she wouldn't be like, hey, George, it's me. I'm in two fourteen. Can you send up this? Yeah. Like, you would know who the room service guy is. You would know who the cleaning staff is. You would know all of these people. Maybe this hotel is just way bigger than we thought. Either so, either number one, they're all way dumber than we think. Or number, which is unfortunate, we don't want to think about that. Or no. number two, the hotel is gigantic. They don't know all the staff. They don't know that they even maybe, offer surf lessons. You know what I mean? Maybe they're like new hires, right? Like mm. they were only there for like a month, right? So like they haven't like established themselves. It does kind of feel like they're. It might just be movie fun, like fun and games. But it does not feel like they're necessarily great at their job. They're just like they're still like having fun, like cleaning rooms together, as opposed to like I know it's also for a movie. But every time we see this hotel, like they're just there's always it's just like one, one person. person to a room, right? Like not yeah, they're three. not. And then three teen girls to clean one room together. Like, unless so. they're on, like, probationary period, right? Where they, like, need to do all three because they're so slow. And they're like, you got, like, two weeks of this left and we're breaking you up. In that 
moment though in that when they come up and they're start they're cleaning the room i feel like it's maybe the most letty moment where you know there's like oh. a confrontation between her and yes. kate bosworth somebody says i think letty might even say some guy thinks you look hot in a bikini you forget all about the contest and mm-hmm. then she's like why are you so mad and she's like i'm not mad and this is a quote i'm not mad i just happen to know you kick ass out there you worked really hard to get where you are. And I'm like, that's kind of like the protective, the fieriness, passion, the stark. Like, why are you bit. throwing yourself away? Yeah, Letty's like the only one that really cares about her, the whole movie. And what's interesting is that like, there's the other dynamic where Kate Bosworth cares about her sister in a way that like, when we talked to Andy Tudor, he was like, I kind of want to see more Dom, Mia, brother, sister yes. sort of things. Like here we get yes. that. Like there's weird pockets of caring about each other, but it's not fully always fleshed out. Yes. And, like, the one friend is just, like, a third wheel. She's just, like, totally down with anybody doing anything they want. She, like, is not involved right. in any of the conflicts. She yeah. just is like, okay, if your sister wants to go party, she can go party. They just need, like, a third person there, I feel like, right? Because it's, so it's yeah, just she, not just Kate Bosworth and Letty. Yeah. She, but it's, it's like, yeah, it's such a hollow character. That's what I was getting at. This girl just is so, comp- like, agreeing, so agreeable that she can't, like, she doesn't bring anything to the story. Because she's not, like, on Letty's side sometimes. She's just on everyone's side all the time. She's just mm-hmm. like, yep, how's the football player? He's hot. <laughs> How, like, do you want to go do the surf competition? That would be cool. You're a great surfer. And, like, everybody's like, no, no, there's tension here. And she's like, yep, don't know. Yeah. So in the jet skiing scenes, Michelle Rodriguez did all of her own stunts, including towing Kate Bosworth's stunt double out to the biggest waves, which I thought was pretty cool. And then later, like, this is toward the end where, like, because there's a big chunk of this movie, like, especially for our purposes, where, like, Letty doesn't have anything to do because, like, her character, Michelle Rodriguez's character, is just, like, Eden is just sort of thrown aside because it becomes Kate Bosworth's movie. It becomes a movie about this group of women into being a movie about this one woman pursuing this guy, right? And it's just like, oh, like, I want to be over there where the people are again little <laughs> but but at one point she's playing xbox with the duke controller the original huge controller yes. i was like oh that's pretty cool not a ps2 so not exactly a direct because remember in the original movie letty's lying on the floor playing ps2 playing a racing game here she's playing a jet skiing game no i thought that it was i thought that it was kelly slater's surfer oh that's what i mean i guess it, i guess it was surfing yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. and i didn't think letty was playing it letty was watching the tv outside well no that's a different scene so, okay so, okay so that's a scene where like kate bothers like what are you watching she's like it's you when you were younger surfing it's like how do you not know that it's you? You know, it just feels like that's another like it's weird. If you're ever yeah. watching like home videos, be like, oh, I that's I remember that, or like I you know I know that's me or whatever. It's not like what are you? Who are? Who is that? Like who's that wonderful young skier? It's like, you're right, and she doesn't present it like what are you watching? Like or like yeah, not like not why are you watching that? But she's like confused at like what it is. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But we were in Hawaii, and they have like full on surf channels, right? Because like it's a big thing there, and yep. you can like put on like. ESPN of surfing, right? I forget what it's called. So I could see her like coming in and being like, "Oh, like what is this? Is this like the new kids surfing, you know, thing?" And she's like, "No, it's you." But she, right. but she seems like genuinely confused at like what she is watching. It's very strange. <laughs> I think just a bad line delivery, like when we like, you know, press Paul Walker's lines in some things. Yeah, you're just like, "Why did you do? Like, why did you deliver it like that? Like, it conveys so much confusion when you didn't mean that at all." The only other note that I have about the movie, and I think this goes back to my original issue of the quarterback not really selling it as a quarterback is she's just like I wish I wrote down the exact quote but just like I remember that one game where I threw that perfect spiral right into his fingertips it's like you're describing a thing like in a way that like people who don't know about the thing describe it it's just like oh okay <laughs> yeah I, I threw that oblong ball <laughs> through the air it spiraled it went right into his hands the guy put his arms up 
we scored points. It's like, well, <laughs> like there's 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 a different language to like the, the describing. Yeah, you'd be like, guy ran a beautiful slant. Yeah. I had it dropped right into his like right. Two into steps his out pocket. of the break, I threw it. Yeah, exactly. This. But no, I threw that spiral fingertips. <laughs> it's like okay, like I think it's like that kind of thing. We're just like yeah, yeah like I, I I if you were like high school quarterback, cool, got it. Like the hot like the local hot guy, like the you know the college, like maybe you you of H or whatever, right? Like something like that, but not like not pro quarterback. We're just like all right, like, yeah. Wait. Yeah, um, I agree. Any other if thoughts about the movie? I have a couple little bits of trivia, but uh, I have I have one more question about this. Okay. When she first comes back with him, we discover because Rachel and I were trying to figure out how like you know they've established it's one hundred and fifty dollars for swim lessons as opposed to twenty dollars an hour. And now Rachel and I are confused because I'm all hung up about the pricing, and whatever. And I'm like, is it one hundred and fifty dollars an hour? Is it one hundred and fifty dollars a day? Well, so is I think I think the thing is, and they don't explicitly say this, but I'm just like, okay, because one fifty times seven is a thousand. Like, he does the math weirdly in the movie. I don't know why yes. he does it. But I think he's saying it's a one-hour surf lesson every day this week. But they're not out there for an hour. She was out there for, like, ten hours. Hey, like man. They, they well, took the them first... out in the morning, and <laughs> they stayed out until sunset, bro. You pay, like, the first that... hour, you pay for the first hour, the rest is on me. I think that it was $150 for the day, right? Instead of $20 an hour, he pays you $150 for the day, which would be, like, a three- or four-hour lesson, right? And right. she stays longer. But then he comes back... He's like, okay, like I would like to get a surf lesson every day. That's right. what he says. And here's like a thousand bucks that should cover me. And like I gave myself a little bit of a discount, you know, because I'm paying cash up front. But like they explicitly just like they're basically like, okay, so seven times one fifty, you carry the one. Seven times five is th- five. You put the three, <laughs> yeah, he seven does. One three, and it's just like I don't need like with, why is this so detailed but like weirdly vague? To your point, it's a, it's a weird weird. He should have been like, here's a thousand bucks. That's for the week minus the fifty for like me paying. Up front. That's Let's all just you need, have some but he fun. does. I'll buy you a dress. I'll take you out. He hands that to her. She holds the cash, and they immediately start making out. And I was like, "This is almost explicitly prostitution at this point." And I was just like, "So, like, oh man, like, how did you have to do this girl so dirty? Like, you could have had her, him pay her. Like, he could have paid her in the car and been like, hey, there's your cash. I would like to do this again tomorrow. And if you'd like to come up and have a drink, she could still have the confrontation about her coming up to have a drink. She could have come up." had the drink, and then they could start making out, and it wouldn't have felt so fucking sleazy as it did with him handing her the cash and then them making out at the same time. I was like, come on, man. Like, why do you make the girl seem so cheap like this? Like, she didn't yeah. need to do... It It made me feel bad. I was like, this is just awful. Because, like, it's, it's like the weird power dynamic of, like, him handing her the... Like, he, he's a have... She's a have-not. Yep. She's in his room. He, like, kind of coaxes her up there. Although he's not, like, very pushy about it. He's just like, you know, you should come up. He, he seems to like her. But then he hands her the money and then starts making out with her. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, have you ever learned anything? I guess this is, like, the 2000s. So this is pretty bad. This looks bad, man. I wouldn't want to tell this story in court is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> this would be really bad. And so I just felt bad about that. That was, like, my last complaint about the movie. I was more hung up on the, like, the structure of the movie. And this whole fucking money situation was very strange to me. So, sorry yeah. that I got distracted from Letty. Well, she's not in a lot. There, there's other things to worry about, because, like, she just disappeared for, like, 45 minutes. She's probably only on screen for, like, 20 minutes, right? But She's great when she's on the screen. Yeah. This would have been really cool as if, her, if it was her. You don't need this guy. The whole tension of, like, the football player guy is useless in this movie. They could have made it be, like, her ex-boyfriend surfer local guy, right? I think she needs to be lured into... Uh, yeah, I guess it could be like just anything that's taking her away from surfing, but I feel like there's more glitz and glamour with... I hate this thing that like you have to... that you have to give 
the girl a man to distract her. Like, why couldn't she have just gotten like a better job, right? Well, because like, yeah, it's just it's a shortcut. It's yeah, but yes, exactly, yeah. Like, but then also because because been... like if it's a better job, then it's like then like Michelle Rodriguez's character looks like an asshole. She's like, why you gotta work so much? Why can't you be surfing? It's like, well, because I actually finally have a good job. Like, I think you need no. something you can kind of defensively be like, you can have both. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. The only thing I wanted to say in terms of trivia is that originally Jake's pick for this lap, he has since changed it, but his first, his pick for this lap was 51st Dates. Uh, and oh, very close. Seaside Beach Shack that the girls live in is the same house used in 51st Dates. No so, way. I mean, this That's... is probably, I don't know how many, you were out in Hawaii, I'm sure that like when there's certain things or whatever, it's just like, oh yeah, that's just available for shooting, right? So It seems like that. I mean, I didn't campus the whole island. It seems like there's like a lot of places that just exist and you're, because they were driving at one point and Rachel's like, oh, I think they're, you know, in the place where we were, right? It just like looks like that, just the terrain. I mean, granted it could be anywhere, but there's like certain movie spots that are like everybody kind of shoots here, so. Yeah, I'm like, I, I think that's probably true of anywhere, right? Like Los Angeles or New York or Toronto or wherever it just feels like when they yeah. have a smaller place like Hawaii, like less civilization is the wrong word, but like sort of like to make it look like something like a city or whatever, right? You know what I mean? Like there's probably even fewer and just like, oh yeah, of course, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful from everywhere, but if you want like a shot that like has like the whole volcano like around it, there's like certain places that are like arced like that, that you're like, okay, like, well, we're obviously going to go there. It's set up to shoot movies at, like it has the scenery that we want to convey. Just go there. Right? It's just like an easy thing. And like, you know, some of it's like protected parks and like sacred land. You know what I mean? All these other things. So you're like, okay, we have like one place that we should go. So just go there. Why fight it to get the same shot somewhere else with all this extra work? Exactly. All right. You want to watch a trailer? I am down. Yeah. So it is the Blue Crush official trailer number one Matthew Davis movie 2002, which is not really his movie, but Movie Clips classic trailers. Who's Matthew Davis? He's the main dude. He's the quarterback. I looked him up what? because I'm like, why would so they try to him? attribute this to him? Well, because and I think the reason they do this is because he's been in 123 episodes of The Vampire Diaries, and I feel like I think there's a, a higher likelihood that someone who fits the target demographic for this movie will find him than they will find Kate Bosworth or Michelle Rodriguez. Damn, that sucks. Kind of right. Like I, that I get sucks. The, like, SEO, but yeah, it's not a Matthew Davis movie. It's a Kate Bosworth movie, right? It but. is a hundred percent. He's not. He's not anywhere near the poster. It's like Just Kate Boswell, yeah. Letty, and then like the sister or the other friend the sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool, but like that's yeah. He's no. I'm ready when, when you're you ready. I'm ready. PG-13 for sexual content, teen partying, language, and a fight. Oof. And also, a that fight, fight was kind of uh, point-breaky, too, where they have, like, where Keanu scraps is, like, flea and maybe another chili pepper? I don't remember, but... Uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Three, two, one, play. Click play. Oh, by the way, waves are fucking scary, dude. Well, just wait for my film club pick this week. The Endless Summer, which is a documentary about surfers. Oof. Oh, I'm excited. No worries. Just go out there and have fun. No worries. Just go out there and have fun. I'm kind of, one thing I am glad about is that they didn't like lean into Michelle Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez as like the non-white person be like, oh yeah, she's Hawaiian, like she's the spirit of the island. It's like at least they didn't do that. Yes, you know I, I thank mean? you. I agree. Yes. I dated you, Drew. I guess I can do anything. I dated you. that separates you from the rest. You were totally flirting with him. Why are they like training at the hotel with him too? That's also weird. I don't know, man. Don't touch her. There's the oh, fight, yeah. the, the, the aforementioned fight, PG-13. 
I like when they show her riding the waves, it's always that one wave. Like, they got, like, one, she rode one wave the whole time she was in Hawaii, and they were like, okay, we gotta keep reusing this. It felt like the room, you know? So they actually went for, for Kate Bosworth's surfing scenes, they used a male stunt double who had a wig and shaved legs and everything, and then they just digitally put her on that, but... Oh. Just, yeah. Like, she, she went out, like, she was on the surfboard and stuff, and she fell and, like, hit her head at one point, I think, but... Uh, like the actress, but generally when you're seeing her, it's a dude that they photoshopped a, or you know, After Effects to a woman on Kate Bosworth on. So I feel like this this is making this movie like look a lot sexier than it is. Like actually, like, yeah. not not like metaphorically sexy, but just like oh, you're gonna see some hot ladies. Yeah, I agree. Which I guess is how you get dudes in the theater. Or like, yeah, I'll go see that with you. This is this is a this is a Friday night date movie for teenagers yep. in high school. And again, so how you described it the first time, like, oh yeah, you know, they uh, they surf for a while, you know, the one the one girl like falls in love with a guy, and like her friend is like whatever, like it's a very easy plot to sum up, right? So that's always my method, right? Like, what, it, what was Blue Crush about? Like, oh, the girl met a quarterback guy, and you know, they like made out, and and in the end, she, she doesn't win, him. but she, you know, she gets close. Yeah, and you're like, and your mom's like, okay, cool, you watched yeah. enough of that movie. Oh, the other thing was is like where they're shooting Pipe Masters. Rachel and I are pretty convinced that we were like the island's not super big and we were stopping at like all of these spots where like the surfers go because i just like like to see them out there right yeah. like I, yep. I find it fun i think that this was a spot that's like right next to like the volcom house or something a couple of the like big surf guys have big surf brands buy a house on the island and then they like send their pros there and you can like stay in this like party house essentially that's like right next to the beach where you would surf yeah and i was like oh that's like the coolest thing ever that like you would have you know like so like the guys like back in the day bought these houses and they were like this is like our surf house for when we come to hawaii and they like constantly have like pros that just rotate through there whenever they want to go practice and i was like oh that makes perfect sense because surfing you kind of have to have a spot where you can go right so yeah all right joe the letterbox game for reference sake mad max fury road has been seen by 620 thousand people Whew. 620 oh. blue okay. crush 2002 directed by john stockwell starring kate bosworth matthew davis and michelle rodriguez uh, has been seen by how many people i'm gonna go 1575 1500 or 15,000 15,750 sorry 15,750 you're close ish but you're too high 12,500 still go a little bit lower last guess 11,300. 11,466. So yeah, so I mean, not wildly popular, but decent, decent-ish number. I'd imagine that there was like a lot of, uh, you know, people like Rachel's age that had seen this when they were teens or a little bit younger and then like rewatch it or rate it on Letterboxd, right? I don't think many like new young girls are going to watch this movie. Maybe. So I, I, I don't know what the gender breakdown is of the people that I follow on Letterboxd, but 100% of the people that have seen this movie of my friends on Letterboxd are women. Um, yeah, so it's makes not sense. it's not a it's not a dude's movie. But it's here not. we are. We watch it. But Joe, average rating of two point seven, which actually moused over, average rating of two point six seven. So you even get a better two point six seven. Most Ooh. common rating of three, then a two, then a two and a half. How many out of those eleven thousand and change put this in their top four? I will tell you, it's a number greater than zero. Like four. Higher. Twenty five. Much lower. <laughs> yeah. Um Eight. Nine. Nine okay. people. That's not bad. Four was a good starting point, I think. Yeah. 
So out of these nine, uh, only two of them have reviewed the movie. So I'm going to go to Kasali Pride on Letterboxd, okay. who says, I mean, come on. This is one of the best movies ever made. Five stars. Wow. So Kasali Pride, you're going to be able to get one or maybe two. This person's number one favorite movie of all time is Blue Crush. Okay. Number three is an anime. Uh, okay. This is the one that I think is going to be the hardest, and I don't know that you've ever even heard of this, but in the last... What year did this come out? Two years ago, maybe? Four years ago. Wow, okay. So four years ago, one of the, like... An anime that was so critically acclaimed that I even heard of it and saw it came out. Do you know any recent anime that came out that, like, kind of was so popular and so well-respected and well-regarded that, like, it broke through to mainstream culture? An anime that was so big it broke through to mainstream culture. Is it a Studio Ghibli movie? No. But it is a guy... It's directed by this guy, Makoto Shinkai, who is, like, this respect... Like, he had another movie that came out this year called Weathering With You, which I saw. Uh, but uh. I, don't, I don't know that you've ever heard of this. I just, I'm just... I'm being very, like... No, no, no. You yeah, either know you the know... one or you don't know the one. I mean, it sounds familiar, but I, I don't know it off the top of my head, so... It's a movie called Your Name. Nope. You, your N-A-M-E. I wonder period. about that, no matter what. It's a body swap movie, which is... really It's really good. I mean, there's is a reason. Cool. That, yeah. I'm building up to the easy one. So number four is another anime movie from the 80s and maybe one of the most famous anime movies of all time. Speed Racer. No. The, the new Speed Racer, I guess that, no, that's a, was that a movie or is that a cartoon? Oh, Akira. Akira, yes, number four. Sorry, I said Speed Racer while seeing Akira's movie poster in my head. Like, okay. I wanted to say, I wanted to say, no, the other one, but I was, I got confused because Speed Racer, the new one's live action, but I know that there was the cartoon, but yes, Akira yes. number four. Okay. And then number two is the first, okay, this might be an exaggeration, and this is kind of a joke, but it's the first movie in your second favorite franchise. Fast and Furious number one, number two franchise, a franchise that you'd only until recently just seen one movie in, but I would still say it's your second favorite franchise. Oh, what is it? Again, keeping in mind it's kind of a joke, but also you you genuinely love the one movie. Hmm. And it's near and dear to oh. your heart. Oh. To the patron who picked this movie. I part. know. Is it Breaking Dawn Part Two, Twilight Saga? But it's the first movie in the franchise. Oh, uh, is that Eclipse? Nope. Just keep, you got to even simpler. Twilight. Twilight. There we go. Okay. Blue Crush, Twilight, Your Name, and Akira. So Joey was telling that joke. I don't know if you guys know the background to that. We've we've talked about we talk about Twilight Forever, and we talked about Kate Hudson. But I don't know if we talked about your history, the the weird history you have with it. We used to go to this thing. It was a digital drive-in movie, right? And they would have different themes for every day of the week. And it was like if you wanted to show up, you would show up, and they'd play movies. And they did one day was called Shit Film Wednesday. That was my favorite day of the week. Because as you guys know, I like terrible movies. One of the movies that they played was Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. Now, I had never seen any of the other Twilight movies, and I asked if that was a prerequisite. They said, absolutely not. It's way better if you don't see any of the other ones. said, cool. I watched it. I think that Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 was probably one of the best film experiences I've ever had because it was just pure fucking chaos and I didn't know who any of the characters were or what they were doing. Um, so for the longest time, I refused to watch the rest of the Twilights, worrying that they could ruin Breaking Dawn Part 2 for me by seeing the rest of them. 
But when quarantine started, there was a Twilight Marathon on. Rachel's like, I think it's time. And I was like, I agree with you. They're all so bad that they're some of my favorite movies of all time. I agree that this is this is a great franchise. And to know that Robert Pattinson's such a great fucking actor and he had to sit through five of these movies. Yeah, but I mean, they gave him the financial freedom to do whatever he wants. He has fuck you money now because of Twilight. He so. does. To, like, you know, we see Robert Pattinson, what was he? He was Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're like, okay, cool. Like, that was like, okay, but he's Cedric Diggory. He's not Harry. Then you see him in Twilight play Edward Cullen for fucking five movies in like six years, whatever. And then you see him do like Good Times or something. And you're like, bro, you had to be holding back so hard. Like, they just they just need to let him free, man. Put the foot on the gas. He could have done so much more. <laughs> But you're right. Without doing Twilight, he wouldn't have fuck you money to do whatever movies he wants. And as you guys know, we've talked about that. We think that he's going to be a great Batman or, and are very hopeful for the new Batman with Robert Pattinson. Yes, that was my that was Joey's joke about why I love that franchise, too. And some um, under the radar ish sort of Robert Pattinson movies. In addition to, of course, The Lighthouse and Good Time. He was in a movie from, I think, 2013 ish maybe called the rover with guy pierce which is great he's also in a movie called the lost city of z directed by james gray who just directed last year at astro which is also great so uh he's been doing what was serious the space heavy one work. that he did oh he was in high life which is crazy which is yeah. also great but that is like an insane uh, uh, <laughs> a, a female french director just doing like bonkers shit in space it's like oh my like how is this yeah so that's also great he basically everything he's done he did a movie called cosmopolis which i have not seen yet but as like it's one of those movies that people are either like this is the greatest movie we've ever seen or like fuck that movie so like yep. he's basically been doing serious work for like close to a decade now but he just had that stigma of twilight for better or worse attached to him but now he's uh yeah this is why when everybody came out and they were like fucking robert pattinson the guy from twilight that sucks and we're like no dude have you not seen any of his recent movies because he's like a great actor he really is and like nobody just wants to give him the credit for it or like you know has seen him in recent things and we're like dude he's a serious fucking actor in like crazy ass movies he's gonna be a great batman joe next episode so i'm 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 not going to say what we're gonna do next episode because i don't want to jinx the one thing just in case it doesn't happen i think it's going to but you will have heard in the intro to this what our next episode is. So either we'll be continuing Reef Week with Finding Nemo, as planned, or we'll be calling an Audible and doing something different, something more current, more timely. But you'll find out in You've the intro... You've been so dodgy lately. Well, I just want to... I, I don't want to, like, hype I'm something. I know and why. Then, like... I know why. I know. I'm just teasing you. Again, the other joke is that we, we really thought we would be able to interview Andy... But Joey was like, I can't say it yet until it happens. Yeah. So, like, he kept saying, like, our next movie is Blue Crush. And we were like, no, it's not. But yes, so we are either going to continue Reef Week or we're not. And, you know, we're going to do Finding Nemo one way or the other because Haley paid for it. And we will be true to our word. I just don't know if it's going to come on Friday or later in the lap. But that was Blue Crush, the kickoff to Reef Week, which is going to become Reef Lap, I guess. It's, it's Reef Week <laughs> until we finish it. So, Dude, there's so many fucking surfing movies involved with Fast and the Furious, right? Because we had Into the Blue, we had Blue Crush, we had Point Break. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a lot of surfing involved for us to never see surfing in Fast and the Furious. Well, we just, do see jet like, skis. It's action sport adjacent, right? Oh, so, yeah. that's yeah. a good connection, because we see the jet skis with um, Tej and 2. Yep. Yeah. yep, very true. Very good point. For all things Too Fast Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast Too Forever.com. Shout out once again to Brian High School 
Slumber Party Rodriguez mm-hmm. for sponsoring this episode. And happy birthday. It's his birthday today. As we were recording, recording on his birthday. I meant to say that earlier, so happy belated to you, Brian. Yes. Go check out his podcast. He does every year. He has his own birthday for the show. He does 16 Candles, so birthday-related. Go check those out. He's got two of those, but he's still putting out two episodes a week, so go check out High School Slumber Party. Patreon page at TooFast2Forever.com. Again, send us an email at family at cageclub.me. And come back on Friday for question marks. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll tell you all about it. About it. See